So when you were a kid, did you ever egg any houses? I never egged any houses, no. You never once egged houses? No. Even not on Halloween? No. Okay. Uh, I did egg houses. This was my first, like, Halloween shenanigans I got in. Well, how old were you, 13? Uh, yeah, yeah, because I was not in high school. Yeah. I was in, like, junior high. Just yeah. a shithead age. Yeah, that's a shithead age. That's when you're starting to get into, like, your shithead things. You start smoking pot for the first time. You start doing a lot of stuff for the first time. But anyway, um, I remember my first time uh, egging houses, which I'm ashamed to say I egged houses many times, uh, which the reason I say I'm ashamed to say it is because now, you know, I'm almost a 30-year-old man, and I think about... I think about like owning a house today and someone egging it, someone taking like a raw egg and throwing it at my house and then it just sitting there and then the morning comes and it just starts like boiling on my roof and it's impossible to get off and it's just a fucking hassle. I didn't think about that when I was a kid. I just thought like eggs are for two things, eating and fucking people's days up. Both equally enjoyable. For me... The latter was more enjoyable. So anyway, I was a shithead when I was a kid. So I remember my first time throwing eggs. Uh, I was so nervous because I was with egg throwing experts. I was with my friends who like every Halloween they were like, yeah, we egg houses. Was and, this in Brunswick? Yeah, this was in Brunswick. And they would egg houses like in their own neighborhoods, which balls, balls, to go into your own neighborhood, to go two houses down from where you live and to egg their house and then your house is the only house not egged yeah <laughs> so that's where this leads to uh i got in to these uh egg throwing uh escapades and i was so nervous my first time like egging houses i remember just running down the street while everyone else is running because like the first two or three eggs you throw a light will come on because what you do is you throw eggs at the first house till like a light comes on and they kind of notice. And then you start running down the street and just start tossing eggs like they're grenades, like it's Vietnam. And you're, and just, you're just giggling. and stupid. Yeah, you're just taking out like Viet Cong on both sides. You're like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. So we're throwing eggs at this one house. And then uh, I, I think, maybe I'm remembering this wrong, a light comes on and we start fucking running. But I was so nervous because this was my first time. I remember just like haphazardly like tossing eggs like I'm I'm that fat guy in platoon at the beginning who ends up dying like I'm Look not hitting anything right I, I was just watching my eggs like just go into cars just go into like pets and shit like and none of them hit houses but anyway so uh, we went out for a night of egging my first of many and like you said it was a bit odd um, that you know. I was staying at my friend's house and a few other people were staying there and his house was one of the very few that hadn't been egged. And, uh, I remember very early we we're all staying in the basement. We were in like sleeping bags or whatever. Cause we're, I don't know how, how old at the time, 13, 14. And I remember his dad coming down to the basement and just being like, did you guys egg houses last night? And we're all asleep, right? We're, so oh, was, he was in pissed dad mode. Yeah, he was he in pissed dad was mode. Up. He had already had like several conversations that he did not want to have on a Saturday or a Sunday or whatever it was. And we're all waking up at the same time. We're all just like, nah, nah. But I remember, I, I think I might have been, I might have been the first one to say no because this might have been post 
me getting into the McDonald's trouble. This would have been pre. You think so? Yeah, because you were a freshman in high school. We knew each other. I was a... Oh, well, this might have been freshman in high school, too. Was it with might have been. anybody that you got? It was with McDonald's people that were in the McDonald's trouble. store, oh, okay. yes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> they were, yeah, they were two of many. This was like a big egg uh, extravaganza. I know all the shitheads that yeah. were in this group. Then. Yeah, it was a lot of shitheads. But uh, anyway, yeah, we lied and, you know, said we didn't do it. And he, he marched off and he was pretty pissed. But we never heard anything about it. And, um, you know, it, it's a reminder that, like, I... I do hate kids, but like when I remember certain stories from my childhood, I remember like, oh wow, I really hate kids because when I remember myself as a kid who like that person, I I already hold to a higher standard than everyone else. I hate him too. So the moral of the story is I hate kids and please stop having kids. They just egg houses and do stupid shit. They just grow up to be me. Just stop doing it. I love Halloween. It's my absolutely <laughs> it's my favorite response. fucking holiday, dude. Uh Halloween is a good holiday. Halloween's a great no holiday. No family baggage on well, Halloween. H- Halloween is great. Um well, I was gonna say it's great when you're an adult, but it's great when you're a kid too, because when you're a kid, like there's always like a Halloween party or there's something. Um, oh yeah. I love Halloween too, bro. I mean, Halloween's one of those uh it's one of those holidays like I could have fun on Halloween going to a party, I could have fun like you know, going with someone to take like their their kids trick or treating. I could have fun just by myself watching horror movies. Like you oh, could do anything, on dude. Halloween. It's fun to even walk into Walgreens on Halloween and see people all dressed up in costume. Yeah, yeah. Especially, I like all that shit, man. especially if you go late enough because oh, that's yeah. when people from like parties are going to pick up whatever they forgot or whatever they need or something. Yeah, man. Yeah, I did I'll, a Walgreens run on the way over here. There's people in costume. Oh, yeah, already. Yeah, already. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's Saturday, yeah. of course. Yeah, this is when all the parties are. I do have one Halloween memory actually from when I was I was probably 13 or 14 too. I was in the eighth grade. I was dating uh, dating this girl. What was his name? That's not PC, bro. What's that? Nothing's that. Just keep going. Um, but yeah, so we uh, we were all out in a big group. It was all the people that I usually hang out with: Kane, Simon, um, all those guys. You that, said you're what thirteen? Probably thirteen or fourteen. Okay. Yeah. Um, and re- do you remember the base housing? Yes, yeah, of uh, Okay, I, I don't know if I... So this was uh, military housing in Maine. It was basically just a whole... I mean, the way it was, there was a military base, and then there was a whole section of town that was just military identical housing. houses, and it was for military families. Yeah, so we it was off a, base. We had a Navy base yes. in Brunswick, Maine. Um, but we went out trick-or-treating, um, and I think I was... I was either Michael Myers or Jason Voorhees. And uh um, Oh really? Do you, can I interrupt real quickly? Yeah. Do you know what my go to costume was? Jason Voorhees. No, it was uh I think this is his name. Ghostface from Scream. Oh yeah. yeah. I was Ghostface so. a couple of times. Oh you were? Yeah. Okay, okay. Keep going. Um <laughs> But yeah, we were just out and around, you know just giggling and getting candy and uh uh me and maria we went giggling and getting candy by the way that 
name of uh, Taylor's upcoming sex tape. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we went behind this tree and we made out. Oh. Yeah. You and this girl. Yeah. With candy breath. I don't know if we were eating candy or not. I can't remember that. I do remember, I think that night I punched Simon in the nose on accident, and he got a bloody nose. Why? What do you mean on accident? Um, I was just trying to be funny, and I I went to go clothesline him, and I hit him right in the nose. Were you trying to impress this girl? No. I don't even think she was there yet. Oh. But you made out with this girl. Yeah, I made out with this girl. Well, that's a happy ending for Halloween. Yeah, then she broke up with me not too long after that. Oh, so you actually dated this girl? Yeah, I dated this girl. And she broke up with you. Yep. I think before my birthday. My birthday is just a couple weeks after Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Story of my fucking life. Why don't we just leave it at, uh, you made out with a girl on Halloween. Yeah. We'll put a period on it. Yeah, we don't have to tell anybody else about the other part. No. <laughs> Candy Mountain. I'm Zachary Lehman. And I am a little under the weather and Taylor Berryman. Do you have COVID? Yeah, I have COVID. I was actually hoping to give it to you. All right, where can people find your COVID ass? They can find me over on Instagram as the underscore Poptimist or any major streaming platforms where podcasts are with the Poptimist podcast. This week I had on my friend Vinny Longy from Simi Supervillains. He just released a new single and he has an album coming out on January 22nd called Play That Rock and Roll. So go check that out. Okay, if you'd like to get COVID, go to all of those links. If you would not like to get COVID, I'm Zachary Lehman on Twitter and Instagram. Oh, no, on uh, Facebook and Instagram. On Twitter, I am writing Lehman. For some odd reason, I still have that. Uh, This week, we're talking about something I'm very excited to talk about. It makes me feel like dancing. We're talking about the one and only character of Negan. From, whether you love it or hate it, the one one and only uh, Walking Dead, right? Yeah, no, Negan, um, I had felt fallen off, really, with the Walking Dead at a certain point. Which most of America has. Yeah, <laughs> and I remember the, the first night that the Walking Dead came out. I think it was Halloween night 2010. Yes, so this is what I want to talk about. Uh, did you watch it the night it premiered? Because yes. uh, I'll just say, before we get into this, we're talking about the episode... Uh, Here's Negan. Yeah. Which is one of the newer episodes from season 10, one of the final episodes. But let's quickly go over kind of our experience with Walking Dead. So you watched it the night it premiered. Watched it the night it premiered, and then right after that played, they played it in black and white, watched it again. Yep. That's right. I remember um, And that. I was super into it. I loved it. Uh, Frank Darabont did it. Uh, Shawshank Redemption. Shawshank Redemption. The Mist. Big fan of, of that. Um, that was really the beginning of... Uh, of fucking John Berthold too. Being 100%. A, being like a big actor. 100%. He was in the first two seasons as Shane, and now everyone knows him as the Punisher, and he was just Tony Soprano's dad and Many Saints, and he's all over the place. He's huge today. Yeah. Um, I probably watched it through the third season, which was the prison season with the governor. Yes. Um, 
But I started losing interest after that. And truthfully, I started losing interest somewhere in the second season because I really liked John Bernthal's character, Shane. And he, he um, I won't say spoilers, but he dies at the end of the second season. And I, I thought his character made the most rational sense for the world that they were Interesting. Living. Okay, that, that plays into our episode tonight. Yes. Um, yeah, so my relationship with The Walking Dead, I mean, we... We come from a, a generation where I, I feel like people our age, it's impossible to say The Walking Dead was not somehow significant. It was a cultural phenomenon. 100%. Uh, when I first saw The Walking Dead, I did not see it the night it premiered. Um, this was back in the day when, you know, I had Halloween plans. This Halloween, I'll probably be watching movies by myself. But this was back in the day. This was before streaming was a thing as well. Yeah, back in the day. And I remember they did something weird where uh, they they released like the first few episodes on um, some kind of Xbox streaming service or something like that. I kind of remember that. It was like downloadable on Xbox Live so or something. I've never been a gamer, but my friends were gamers. And I remember my buddy saying, yo, this show, you guys got to come over tonight and watch it. And I can't remember. We probably, like, smoked weed and watched or something. And we watched the first three episodes. And I remember even then knowing the name Frank Darabont. So already when I saw it come up, I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be amazing. And I thought the show was fucking incredible. But the one thing we should say, the reason this show is culturally significant is, yes, because it's great, but also because at the time, had we ever seen that kind of blood on any no, sort of TV. It was very gory for, for TV. This pushed the boundary. So that was the big thing when we were in high school was like, holy shit. Like you're sitting there smoking a joint and you're like, they just blew someone's head off on fucking television. Yeah, it, it's a graphic show. I mean, it, it, what the show does well is it mixes suspense really well. Well, and um, yeah, yeah, the show, like, I'll give a quick overview because Walking Dead, I feel like, is a show so many people have so many fucking opinions about at this point because it's just been on forever. It's in its 11th season. It's going to end next year, I think. It's got, like, two spinoffs. It's just, but when it first started, it wasn't that. No. You know what I mean? They didn't even know what, what was going to happen with the show. I remember, too, when the trailer came out, the trailer was great for the yeah. for the show. And they played that song, um, The Sun Ain't Gonna Shine Anymore by the Walker Brothers. Yeah, and I remember, too, when that came out, this was before, like, again, the golden age of TV. You didn't even know if that was for a show or for a movie yeah. or what it was for because... And it, it was on AMC, too. Exactly, because I was going to say AMC at the time. No one knew. All we knew about AMC at the time was it stood for American Movie Classics, and that was what your dad watched to see, like, old westerns. So when you saw, like, The Walking Dead, it's going to be on uh, AMC, you're like, what? What the fuck Was Breaking Bad and Mad Men a thing at this point? That was after Walking Dead. I believe Walking Dead was... Oh, actually, you know what? Breaking Bad might have come Breaking first. Breaking Bad might have come first. Uh, because I do remember watching Breaking Bad. Because I remember those first two years of Breaking Bad weren't that popular. It was like, AMC, what are you talking about? And then it was like the third year right when Walking Dead came out was when... It was on Netflix and it was like blowing yeah. the fuck up. Um, but yeah, so anyway. Uh, Walking Dead, obviously, it was huge when we were kids. Since then, obviously, the show's still going. It's about to end. But what I will say is 
you know, the go-to thing is for people to be like, oh, Walking Dead sucks. It's gone on too long. I 100% understand those criticisms. What I will say, as someone who is still watching The Walking Dead and still enjoying it, so all you fuckers can go fuck yourself, I'll say this. I am a 28-year-old man. You know, I have uh, I have 30 rearing its ugly head around the corner. Friends, they've come and gone. Jobs, they come and go. Girlfriends. Girlfriends, you already know. They come and go. (laughs) (laughs) You know what's fucking been here from the start? You know what's never left me? The Walking Dead. And let me give you this. I'm not saying this is someone who, like, The Walking Dead premiered, and I was all of a sudden like, oh, my God, my life has changed. No, I was still a depressed piece of shit. Um, it took me many years to really buy into The Walking Dead. I don't remember you being into it right away. No, the first season, like I said, I watched it with my friends, and I was like, wow, this is amazing. But I remember the show losing me in, like, the end of season one, even season two, I think I watched season three with the governor. And I remember everyone being like, the governor's the greatest. And I was like, this is Dumb. Yeah. There was still stuff I liked. But anyway, I I I gave up on it for a long time. And then, you know, I, I, I became an older man. I became a man who um who had seen some of the darker sides of life in a very direct fashion, you know, whether it was through relationships or or bad jobs or just bad decisions like through uh, as Matthew McConaughey would say, L I V I N living. Yeah, let's just say when I gave up on Walking Dead, which was probably in high school. I mean, I remember being a dick. Like, I remember it premiered. You were a dick to me when I was still watching it. Yeah, well, you probably deserved it. But um, I remember people watching it, and I would make fun of it. Because I would be like, the writing's horrible. It's just whatever. The writing is kind of horrible, but to... For most times. We'll get into that later. Okay, okay. But what I was going to say is... uh, yeah, like what I realized is, you know, I gave up on it for a long time, and you know, I I, I did what Matthew McConaughey uh, said. I did a little living, you know. And uh, I'll be honest, man, the the world when I left the, the 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 warm embrace of The Walking Dead, I mean, it was a cold world, you know. A lot of people they took me in and then they threw me out. A lot of people denied me just straight out. You know, there's, there's a lot of hardships out there. And then I remember one day just kind of thinking about my life. And I don't remember if I was alone. I I could have been with someone else. I could have been in a relationship at the time. I remember just thinking to myself, like just thinking about all these years, all these things that had disappeared that had come and gone. And I saw some advertisement for walking dead. And I was like, wow, that's still here. You know, it never disappeared. And I jumped back into it. And uh, Was this pre-Negan? No, this was post-Negan. Because um, I was still a, a Walking Dead hater when Negan came around. Even though I loved the character, I was still a Walking Dead hater. I was like, what? This isn't, this is not saving your show. But watching it in the context, again, I, I know all the Walking Dead flaws. I accept them all. Um, I'll say this about the show. Today, 
the show is every flaw you can say is a hundred percent true. I will say because the show is not the phenomenon it was, and now it's just sort of this smaller show. It's it, more of like it has a big cult following. Yes, uh, well, because that's what's left over from you know twelve million people watching a week, which yes. is insane for any AMC show. Um, so now, yeah, it has a cult following because now it has you know a hundred spinoffs or whatever. So there are people who love it. I'll say this about the show. I 100% agree with the criticisms of the overall story. However, once they got to this point where they didn't give a shit about like, oh, people are watching, people are not watching, some of their best episodes have been recently because they have this freedom to sort of be like, you know what, fuck it, we're just going to focus on this character and do this story. And one of those episodes I want to talk about is an episode that came out last year. It was part of their COVID episodes, which is about six episodes it was kind of a bonus to their last season, which had been cut short because of COVID. They did these six episodes. And these six episodes are really interesting because every episode, they were under strict COVID restrictions. So they Filming had Filming down in Georgia. Yes, filmed in Atlanta, Georgia. So they had to focus on one or two characters every episode. I would say three of them are probably just like filler bullshit, but three of them were like... Top tier Walking Dead episodes. Two of them, I was like, these might be two. And they're the post best. Rick. And they're post Rick. Uh, one of those episodes I want to talk about, which is Here's Negan, which was the season finale where they told the origin story of the one and only, the American hero, Negan. We are Negan. I'm Negan. <laughs> <laughs> Played by. Jeffrey Dean Morgan, we should Who say. Who is immaculate, bro. Who, by the way, before we get into the episode, let me say this about Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Before Jeffrey Dean Morgan was in The Walking Dead, do you remember he was like, he was like a, the Sean Bean of Americans. He was always killed in everything. Yes. He was in the first Weeds episode. Watchmen, Weeds, Supernatural, Grey's... I mean, it was over and over. He was the dead guy in everything. We were Jeffrey Dean Morgan fans pre-Negan, though. Way pre... Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. I was a Watchmen. That was the thing is, I even though I wasn't watching Walking Dead, I was, I was happy when he got cast because I was like... Because I knew, like, from what they said about Negan, he was going to come in and just, like, bash people's heads in. And I'm like, oh, shit, that's the guy who always dies in all the movies I love. Like, that's so cool. He's going to be the guy that kills people. Anyway, Negan comes in. uh, Season seven, I believe. So this is already after The Walking Dead. It's probably lost some... Well, you a know little what? bit. Uh, Negan was the thing that made them lose. Yes, so because ne- of the, the controversial yeah. season finale. Negan came in end of season six. He bashed a couple very beloved characters, but uh, it wasn't revealed in that episode, though. No, in season seven it was. They left it as a cliffhanger. Yeah. Didn't say who he bashed. Uh, so basically, this is when the viewership of Walking Dead dropped off. I get people saying that was when they they dropped off because look, man. Even if you just watch that episode where the two characters who die are Glenn and Abraham, if you Good. just watch that episode, it is shocking that any network, even AMC, would be like, yeah, you know what? 
that's a good idea. You should take those characters that people have loved for years and you should bash their fucking heads in and show in it in gratuitous like, detail. Like po- pointless death, pointless violence. Well, and it is to an extent, which we'll get to later. Yeah. But anyway, uh, Negan comes in, he kills these people. I get a lot of viewership dropped off because his story went on too long. However, I will say today I watch Walking Dead. 99% of the reason I watch it is just for Negan. I got back into it. I mean, I'm not an every episode watcher, but whenever you tell me there's a good Negan episode, I watch it. Yeah, and this episode that we're talking about, Here's Negan, this is the basically the origin uh, story for Negan, or at least the Negan that we know in the show, which we'll talk about more. I don't want to get too far into like the general show because I feel like most people know, but uh, let's get into this episode, bro. So it starts off with... Well, it starts off, it's a prequel, but we bookend it with modern day. Yeah. And we see Maggie with her son, Herschel, who's named after her father. And Glenn was Herschel's father. Glenn was killed by, uh, by, by, Negan, by Negan in a very brutal way. And Maggie knows this. And Maggie's been gone for years. She had to wash it. She Yeah, she watched uh, her husband's head get brained in before her son was born. Uh, and she's been gone for years. And she comes back, and Negan is sort of back in the fold a little bit. He's not kept in prison. Because he was in prison for a long time. He was in prison for something like five years because our ex-protagonist... Uh, Rick, who was feuding with him, decided to put him there to sort of make a point to people that, like, look, it's possible to change. Maggie is always, like, the one obstacle for Negan. The one obstacle where it's like, you can't change. No matter how much good you do, I'm the constant reminder of the worst thing you ever did in your life. So we start the episode like this. uh, And we have... Then after that, we have they give kind of a look to each other where you're like, oh shit, some shit's going to happen between these two. Then Carol, who's one of the few characters left from season one, she comes along and she's taking Negan to a cabin in the woods. Now, for those who don't know, Negan is obviously a villain for our heroes. He was a villain for two years, then he was in prison for a while. Carol actually let him go last season to take care of someone else that they were feuding with. And he did. And he thought the agreement was he was going to be led into this society. And integrate. And Carol's basically like, that's not going to happen. But she doesn't say it yet. She's taking him to this cabin, which is cabin for Walking Dead fans. I believe this is the same cabin where Daryl got lucky. Uh, She takes him to this cabin. And he's talking the whole time. You can tell it's old school Negan where he thinks, like, just talking will get him out of anything. You know what I mean? And he's like, you know, I think you maybe you put a, g- a good word in with the council, it'll work, whatever. And she's just like, whatever. Drops him off at this cabin and is like, this is it. I'm sorry I can't give you what I promised you, but nobody wants you in this world. Which, why would they? And Negan even says, is this a council decision or is this a Carol decision? Yes. So Carol says, I'm sorry, the council voted and, you know, we can't have you in there. And at the end he goes, because... Negan can smell bullshit because he's a bullshitter. And he goes, uh, did the council really vote? And Carol doesn't answer him, but we can tell the council did not vote. 
And another thing I should say is, uh, she says Daryl, one of the other few uh, leftovers uh, held over from season one, he's still in the show. And she says Daryl helped me bring your stuff here. Now I wonder if that's true because even though Daryl hates Negan because he also watched him bash his friend's head in. They've kind of been through some things since then, and I don't know if the council voted, which Daryl's on, I don't know if Daryl would have voted him out. Well, you can also make an argument for that because Rick wanted to see Negan rehabilitated, right? That was the whole point yes, of imprisoning that was his, him. He was trying to prove to everybody that, look, it's possible to change and we can all live together. And I think Daryl probably wants to still believe yes. that because he was best friends with Rick. 100%. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the whole issue with uh with Negan. He gets left there by Carol and then we basically see Negan alone at night with this fireplace going and then we hear knock, knock, knock. Little pig, little pig, let me in. Which is a line from an old season of The Walking Dead where Negan is coming to visit Rick. And he knocks with his bat, which we know is named Lucille, which we'll get into later. He knocks. He says, little pig, little pig, let me in. Because he's saying he's the big bad wolf. Yes. Now, this is showing that he used to be other people's tormentors. Or he used to be other people's tormentor. He is now only his own tormentor. There's no one left for him to torture except himself. So then we see Negan kind of having this conversation with himself, and we see the Negan of old behind him, the one with the leather Fonzie jacket, the one who was the leader of this whole, uh, not civilization, but this whole, uh, this whole society, this whole group. And he's basically telling him, like, you're a pussy. Like, they'll never accept you. Why are you trying to change? They'll never, ever want you. Which, let me ask you this. Uh... Because Negan's story's been going on for a while. Do you think it's possible for... Let me ask this. Uh, actually, I was going to say, if, if other people can accept him, but can Maggie, who watched the, the, the father of her child get his head bashed in by Negan while he laughed, while he took enjoyment in it, which I'm going to explain later why he's not a bad guy for that. Uh, can someone like that forgive Negan in a zombie apocalypse world? My my guess of what is going to happen is that Negan is going to have a hero's death in the show. Either he's going to live I, or he'll have a hero's death. I agree, but what I'm saying is... I think Maggie will forgive him in death. Like, can, Negan, is while he's alive, no. Not possible? No. I think Negan okay, would have to sacrifice himself for the greater good to show he's changed in order for that ungrateful fucking bitch to accept <laughs> I'll give this uh, yeah Maggie's never been my favorite character I will say I, I've liked her in the new episodes uh, she's been she's been a better character before I didn't like her she had that short like bob haircut she was always yelling she was just a 2D character she was too with the southern accent but now she's kind of a cool character I, I, I do like her um that's just because you hope Negan and Maggie are going to fuck. I do, yeah. My new thing is, like, I really hope that... Because that's so... It's so dark, but it's so hot, too. 
Is that not? Do you do you hope that not? Does that offend you? Uh, I mean, Maggie I, it, fucking what, Negan, the man it who killed her. Doesn't offend me or not offend me? Uh, I don't really. I wouldn't even had a thought about that until you brought it up. But well, you've been I only bring it up because it I've been times. I've been watching the show, bro. I'm picking up on the little cues, you know, and I'm thinking about what I would do, and what I would do is, I mean, you know. Would I have an explicit sex scene between Negan and Maggie? With full penetration? No, of course not. No, of course not. It's only AMC, but I'm saying I'd do a version of that. So uh, after this, we go back. We have many flashbacks in this episode. I'll say that. Is that a flaw of the episode? Because there are a lot. I don't think so, no. Um, because it you does, think they pull it off? I think they pull it off. Because there's it ex- like four. It there's explains. It's all stuff that explains Negan. It explains yes. the person he used to be. And you can see how he becomes eventually what he is. Yes. Um, it shows him completely changed from that once the zombie apocalypse starts and he becomes honestly kind of a puss. Well, and we, we should say, uh, which I should say because I, I skipped over this. When he's in that house, he does have, he has his new version of Lucille, which is the bat that he's famous for because he goes and digs it up, which... The bat is what he used to bash in Glenn's head and Abraham's a head. A lot of heads. And that was his go-to weapon. And when he finally fought... With um, barbed wire on the end of it. With barbed wire wrapped around. Yeah, it's a wooden bat with barbed wire wrapped around it. Oh, excuse me. And the last time he fought Rick and Rick won, uh, the bat was left there. It was broken. And he goes to find it. He digs it up. And that's what he's talking to, basically, when he's in this... Uh, when he's in this uh, cabin alone, he says to himself, his old self, he says, he says uh, you know, you're a cult of personality without a cult, which is a very... Which is true. It's a very fitting line. Um, and it's not even an insult. That's the one thing I'll say about Negan. And I'll, I'll give a line that he gives recently. Negan changes, but he's never apologetic. Uh, there's a there's a scene in a recent episode where Maggie, because they've been working together, she says to him, uh, you know, he's trying to be like, oh, I've changed. And she's like, does that mean you would have done things differently? And he goes, yeah, I would have. I would have killed all of you. And now what he's saying is he's not saying he hasn't changed, but he's also like, I'm not going to be dumb enough to be like, I can go back to the past and change things. You know what I mean? He's Which like, was her extending an olive branch. Oh, yeah, but he was honest about it. Yeah. And the honest truth is not something people want to hear. Uh, so anyway, he digs up Lucille, and then we jump back. This is our first jump back. 12 years. Negan's tied to a chair. Who has him? Uh, it's some motorcycle Biker gang, gang right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Biker gang has him. Uh basically tied up to a chair. They're questioning him about medicine. Beating the shit out of him. Yeah, beating the shit out of him about medicine. Because he has this medicine, he has this, uh, well, he has this cooler with this liquid in it. And we learn that this liquid is, uh, you know, I'm not smart enough to say what it is. Or It's for chemotherapy. It's for chemotherapy, yeah, uh, for his wife. Which he's explaining while they're talking. And we should say before we get into this, that bat that Negan use, uses is named Lucille. Yes. After his wife. And we when we go to this flashback, we hear him talk about his wife. And his wife is Lucille. She's dying of cancer. 
So all we know is he's in this place. They're beating the shit out of him. He's got these drugs in this cooler. He's got to get him back to his wife. They're asking him, where is this group that you got this medicine from? They say it's this group in like an RV and they travel around. Negan's kind of lying. And we can also see, remember, he's messing with the screw behind the chair. He's He's trying to break out. He's trying to break out or at least make it easier for the next person to break out. Um, and he really spins him around a couple times, but eventually he gives away where this group is because they're basically like, we're going to flush that shit down the toilet if you don't and make us. you watch. Well, it also shows in Negan's character who he was trying to be in this new world that doesn't have rules. Yes. He was trying to be like Rick, honestly. Because we should say, because this is such a long flashback, this is when the zombie apocalypse has been going on for, what, maybe less than a year? Probably a couple months at least. Yeah. Um, So after this, we have uh, another flashback. We go back, what is it, uh, two or three days. And we see Negan again. And Negan is in the woods with a gun. And he's running up to this RV. And we see he's probably dealing with, like, malnutrition and stuff. He's, he's all fucked up. Uh, but he comes up on this RV, and we assume this is the RV they were questioning him about with all the medicine and stuff on it. He comes up to it, some guys on a four-wheeler. He's like, whoa, 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 calm There's down. a couple people with guns on the roof. Which he, you can, well, he can't tell. You can tell they're, like, decoys. decoys. Um, he passes out. He wakes up in the RV. Well, he gets knocked out. Oh, yeah, yeah, he gets knocked because out Because he by. has that gun, and yep, he's like, yeah, yeah. Give, me, give me whatever, you know? Yeah, and that's right. He doesn't even know what he's saying. He's so... He's out of it. He's been out for six weeks. Yeah, because he's been on the road for however long, not eating anything. Uh, and then he wakes up in the RV. Right? Yeah. And then uh, they give him food, and they tell him, uh, we found your list. We found all the stuff you need. They and the doctor, the, the, the doctor that um, feeds him, takes care of him, uh, he, says, uh, he says something about Negan's gun. He hands it back to him. because It's empty. It's empty. There's no it's bullets empty. in it. Yeah, he didn't have any bullets. So he wasn't going to hurt those people. Negan wasn't going to hurt anybody. Uh, and we also see, I, I, I should say, the guy who is the... We, well, we assume he's a doctor. I guess he never says he's a doctor. He just says... I think he is. A, he does say he's I, a doctor. Oh, okay. Uh, but anyway, they have all these medical supplies in this RV, and they're trying to help people. We should say the the woman who is, we assume, his daughter, I think he says it's his daughter, she's part of the saviors later. She's part of Negan's group. Did you not notice that? I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's a, she's a main part of his group. And she ends up surviving. I want to say she's still alive on the show, and she kind of pops up like here and there in the background. But she was one of the main people of Negan's group, which it tells you, I won't jump too far ahead, but it tells you like it, it, it kind of gives you an idea of how Negan was able to get the power that he had. And it was like, well, this girl is already there. There's this medicine. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like all the pieces are there. Uh, so, yeah, so so. Negan wakes up, blah, blah, blah. They, they help him. And he's explaining the story of his wife. His wife has cancer. And he also explains, and the doctor's very surprised when he says this, he's basically taught himself to give his wife chemo. And that's how he's keeping her, not only keeping her alive, but keeping her from falling ill. 
like keeping her uh, in a stable condition because he thinks he's going to cure his wife and he he thinks like they're going to ride off into the sunset. Yes. You know what I mean? And I will say uh, because this doctor, when he's so surprised when he goes, you taught yourself to give chemo. It's a hint at how fucking capable Negan is. Yes. And how he's a survivor and he can adapt because to he, the world. Because he says too, it's, he says it's really not that hard. Like once you like look at every, like he says to whatever degree, he's like, it's not that hard once you, basically you know look at all the the steps and everything but the point is i mean it shows how fucking deadly negan is and maybe it is simple maybe it really is if you have that sort of brain it could be simple to give someone chemo you know what i mean so anyway this guy gives him everything he needs then we have another flashback six weeks and then we're two what would would it is he back with uh with our favorite couple with Negan and Lucille? Negan and Lucille, that's right. Uh, yeah. So, Negan and Lucille, they're in their... What I assume was their house before. Yes. I assume they've stayed there. Yeah, yeah. House. Well, it, it shows... There's other flashbacks, too, that show Negan pre the end of the world, basically. Pre-zombie apocalypse. And this is the same house, you think? It's the same house, for sure. Okay. And they basically moved down to the basement, and they've boarded off the house... Yes. They have a generator, and he can goes out to yep. siphon gas. That way, he can keep the temperature right for a refrigerator for Lucille's chemo medicine. Yes, and this is the thing they're discussing when we first get introduced to them, which is there's zombies outside, so they don't want to have the generator on because the generator attracts zombies. But uh, Lucille is very oh, Lucille, I should say. Um, oh, I'll fucking I'll look up her name in a second or I'll have you look up her name uh it's uh fucking Jeffrey Dean Morgan's wife uh Hillary Burton I believe her name is did she did she become his wife after being on the show with him no before before but he but he was already on the show I believe when they got married but anyway I think her name's Hillary Burton uh she plays his actual wife she does a fantastic job they do a great job together too um and so when you're first introduced to them there's basically these zombies making noise and Negan's kind of, he, he's kind of hesitant to go outside and shoot one of them. We see, what's her name? Hillary Burton. Hillary Burton. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, great actress. Um, and she hosts a show, too. Uh, it's like, uh, it could never happen here, something like that. It's on AMC. It's a good show. Uh, true crime series. Anyway, um, so yeah, uh, she's basically like, just go out there and kill him. Like, she doesn't see the big deal, you know? But Negan doesn't want to do it. And Negan says, remember what he says at one point to his wife? He says he doesn't want to get used to it, right? Yeah, he says, I don't want to get used to it. Or he says, I'm afraid I'm going to get used to it, something like that. And it shows not only how far Negan's come, but it also shows, this is one of my theories after watching this episode a couple times, the man that Negan becomes, I don't think is 100% based on Negan. I think it is a mix of Negan and Lucille. Because Lucille, when we see their relationship, Lucille takes the lead a lot of the time. She's uh, definitely like a, a strong woman. We see, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, yeah, it's a great relationship. Uh, like, But is time, it really all that great, though? I think it is. Well, I think they're in love. Pre, 100%. Pre-Walkers, no. 
Yes, we'll get into that in a second. So I was going to say, because um, we see uh, Lucille, like, for instance, the next scene is Negan, he goes out to fix the generator, and then a walker comes up on him. And he's kind of messing around with the walker. Like, he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to kill him. He keeps trying to, like, push him off, and he can't. And Lucille comes out of nowhere and just, boom, bops him in the head. And she says, that was our last bullet. Yeah. And then she says something about, like, let's watch a James Bond movie or something. So a lot of who Negan becomes, because there's a there's maybe two or three moments like that. A lot of who Negan becomes, I see in Lucille in this episode. So I think who he becomes is not only based on whatever his crazy ideas are. I think it's also based on like who he thinks his wife would be in the apocalypse. But I I, I could be wrong about that. But anyway, so he goes out to the generator, fixes it. Um, and, you know, he he hesitates killing the zombie. They have that whole talk. And then uh, we cut to, so the next day, Negan is siphoning gas with a hose, which I've never done, but has got to be a bitch. Just sucking gas into your mouth and then letting it just siphon out. That's just horrible. That's a Corey and Trevor job. Uh, yeah, yeah. And so he's doing that. He's also looking for supplies, and he finds a little... What does he find? He uh little uh Oh yeah, he finds find some weed. Mary J. Juana, little old Mary J. Juana. Uh which he brings back to his wife and he's like, Oh, you know, I found this weed. Which you gotta think like not only think about in the zombie apocalypse how exciting it would be to find weed, but if you have, you know, your wife at home and she's suffering from cancer, how much more exciting is that? And we can tell he's excited. Yeah. Uh, so he brings it back to her, and he's like, uh, you know, I found this, and, you know, I can help with your symptoms and stuff. And then they have an anniversary dinner, which we don't know if it's their anniversary. She says she doesn't know the day, but she wants to have an anniversary dinner anyway. Uh, and then she gives him a gift. The famous black leather jacket. That we see Negan wears religiously. Later. Oh yeah, it's it's a big part of his like th- that's one of his trademark things. It's the bat and the jacket. That's his image. Yeah. Anytime we see him, he does not feel complete without the bat and the jacket. The bat we learn is named after his wife, and the jacket was, was a, a gift. gift from his wife. Which originally he bought it when he was unemployed, and he uh, she went to go return it, but he threw out the receipt. She was never able to return it, so she hid it in the crawl space. Yes, which that's the next flashback we make, right? Was him playing video games, his wife... Pre, pre-zombie apocalypse. Pre-zombie apocalypse, which we should say, they do share... Um, they share some really nice moments that I thought made this episode great. Um, they share a moment where there's having this anniversary dinner and she brings out the jacket and stuff and, and she comes over and sits on his lap and she's basically saying like in a very playful wife sort of way that she wants to mess around. And, and he asks like, do you feel like she wants to do some cancer fucking? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And he's like, do you feel up to it? And she feels, she says, I, I I feel, uh, I feel good enough. And that was a nice moment. And then another moment I really, really liked was, um, when they were laying in the bed together and they were shivering and it was cold and he starts singing to her and he starts singing, uh, you are so beautiful, which sounds so fucking corny. And I agree it would be corny most times. 
but they really captured in this moment, like how it feels to be in those moments where you are in love because you can have these sort of like moments where you connect on a level where like no one else will understand, you know what yes. I mean? Like no one else could ever look at that. Like we look at it as a viewer cause we're very distant, but it's not like that moment would be a moment that she or Negan would ever tell like their friends. That's a moment that they share together. And that's, that's what makes it them. so special. Well, the other thing about it is we find out how Negan lost his job because Negan was a gym teacher. Yes, so in that scene where we flash back, we learn Negan was a gym teacher. I love too when it flashes back and he's playing the video games, and she goes, uh, "Are you?" Because he's he's talking shit to a bunch of a bunch of people on his headphones, and she goes, "Are you talking to children?" And he goes, "Uh, teenagers, mostly." I think <laughs> like <laughs> it's great. And that's when she yells at him and we find out, I mean, through that's when we find out about the, him buying the jacket and, and all that shit. <clears throat> and through a few scenes, we find out basically, uh, he was at a bar one night with his wife and she, he played their favorite song. You are so beautiful by, is it Ray? Um, uh, Joe Cocker, Joe Cocker. I'm sorry. Uh, how did I forget that, Joe Cocker? So he he plays that song, and some guy who has one of those voices that you just can't unhear, he's talking too loud. Negan comes up to him, asks him politely. To well, be his wife goes up first. Yes. Because their song is playing on the jukebox. And the man says some, some not nice things to his wife, and Negan, you know, to make a long story short, he beats the shit out of this guy. Guy ends up being a parent at his school where he teaches gym. He loses his job. That's how we end up with deadbeat Negan at home and his wife sort of being like, why are you ordering a $500 Fonzie jacket? Yep. Uh, so, yeah, then we get uh, we also get her talking to her friend Janice. Yes. Is it Janice? I think I it's think, Janice. I think so. Yeah. If not, it really should be. Oh, Janine. 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 I it think should it be is. Janice just for the Sopranos connection. <laughs> yeah. So... We get a scene of her talking to Janine, and Janine's sort of being like, oh, he's always been a kid, you know, break up with him, blah, 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 blah. And then eventually, uh, we see Lucille tell Negan she needs to go to the hospital for an appointment. Remember? Yep. And Negan says he can't make it. And I, you know, I look, this is... Because he has a meeting with his probation officer. That's what he says, yes. And she does explain that this is a mammogram. But, like a guy, he doesn't take that that seriously. Uh, she goes to her appointment, finds out she has cancer. And that they caught it early. They did catch it early, yes, they do say that. Um, and this is while, we should say, when she goes to her car and she turns on the radio... There is news of the zombie apocalypse, but not them referring it to as the zombie apocalypse. It's just a disease that's kind of spreading around a virus. Um, so she, right after she gets this news, she calls Negan. Negan doesn't answer. She calls Janine. Janine doesn't answer. She calls the probation officer. Probation officer says, I haven't seen uh, Negan for a while, and I don't have to see him for a couple weeks. And then she looks back at her calls, and she says, oh, shit, Negan is sleeping with my best friend. Jenny. Yeah. So then the next scene we seen we see and this is another reason I think I think Lucille if she had survived in the apocalypse 
I think her and Negan would have been like a Thelma and Louise couple because when Negan comes home that night, she has a gun laying next to her. Remember? Yeah, she She did. She has a pistol next to her, along with cancer pamphlets about like treatment and stuff on top of the table, but right below her next to her leg is a gun. And Negan comes home, obviously from having an affair, and he's like, what the fuck? But she says she has cancer and... Negan breaks down. Negan breaks down. Then we cut back to uh, not modern day, but modern day in terms of Negan and uh, and uh, uh, Lucille. Because, like you said, they smoked weed. He had that refrigerator. He was trying to keep all the chemo medicine at the right temperature. It all melts that night. They smoke weed. Which, is this an anti-weed message? or I don't know. <laughs> so... All this shit uh, melts, and Negan starts talking about, I know these people. I know these people who go around, they sell medicine, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to find them. So that's when we cut back to them after uh, Lucille's already said, I have cancer. And we know Negan's had an affair. We don't know if Lucille knows yet. But Negan's like, I need to go try to get this chemo medicine to save you. And she says, remember she tells him, don't go. Just stay. Yeah. She wants him to stay. He feels obligated to go because she tells him about the affair. Well, exactly. She, he never confesses to her what he did, but she gives a confession to him saying she knew that he was with Janine. And she says something that's very nice of her to say, but obviously not true because you can never make up for something like this. But she says to him, you, you've you made up for it. Like with everything you've done. Which, hey, maybe in the zombie apocalypse, maybe he has made up for yes. it. You know what I mean? Or, or to whatever degree he can. And he is breaking down because he's like, I, I can't believe you ever knew that. You know? And he says too, he says, the, the night I found out you had cancer, I, I broke it off with her. And never, never talk never, to her never again. talk to her again. Even with this, which do you think Negan's wife says this to him so he won't leave? Do you think she's like dropping the hammer, hoping that he'll spend her last few months with her? Even if she did want that to happen, I think it had the opposite effect, clearly. Because Negan was like, now I really got to go do this to make sure she survives. Oh, yeah, because he was doubly in love with her. Yeah, he was even more in love with her. So basically, uh, we're back at Negan at the RV. Which the people obviously didn't hurt him. They give him everything on his list, all the cancer medication he needs. And then we also get introduced to the second Lucille. Remember? Because the blonde woman who ends up in the Savior's the thing she whops him over the head with is a wooden bat. Yes. And when they let him go, they say, hey, there are these bikers on the road. You need to watch out for them. And she hands him the bat. And he looks down at it. And he has the Negan smile. And he has the Negan smile, and it's almost the same shot he gave when he looked down at that bat when it was dripping in Glenn's brains. And he goes, damn, girl, you pack a wallop. (laughs) Like, he is... Falling in love with this bat. Uh, So uh, he gets the bat. And then we are back to the bikers in the bar. Negan is tied up. 
And again, these guys are like, uh, you know, where's the shit? So this is actually where Negan does end up giving up um, um, the, the doctor and his daughter. So he can go and get the medicine to Lucille. Right. This is where they were threatening him before. This is where they up the threats and they're basically like, there's no other way. Like, give us all the shit. He does end up showing them where they are on a map. We should say he's still messing with that screw in the chair. I'm assuming Negan knows, like, they're going to put one of them in the chair. Like, maybe he can give them a chance. Like, that's maybe, like, distant in his head. But they let him go. Once they get... Because they leave, he basically sent them to a few wrong locations. Once they get the right location, they go out, they get the doctor, they get the daughter, they come back, they give him his medicine, they're like, you're free to go. And as Negan's leaving, he turns back and he hears them terrorizing this woman and this man who helped him for no reason when they didn't have to. He hears them terrorizing these people. Well, I think this comes later because first he goes back to the house to go bring Lucille. Well, this is... This medicine. is this is before he goes oh, back is to it? his house. Okay. He hears them terrorizing them in the RV when he's putting the oh, when he on leaves the on the motorcycle. Yeah, right? when he leaves on the motorcycle, exactly. Then he goes home. He's like Lucille, Lucille, and where does he find Lucille in the basement where they always there, stay? There's writing on the wall too before he goes in that says, "Don't leave me like this." It says, "Please don't leave me like this," which and it has a heart on it. Which I'll say, man, you know, it, uh, you know, uh, maybe it's because I've been watching Walking Dead the whole, uh, you know, all these years. But that was pretty. That, I think this was pretty emotional the way they they played this. Well, here's what I'll say about Negan's character. What he is got? the best written character on the fucking show Ooh, by, by far. Th- yes. And I wonder if it's like one writer who's super into Negan. And it makes mm. made everybody else get into Negan, and they just spitball ideas because it became the Negan show at a certain point. I've wondered that, too, because if you look at the people who still like Walking Dead, most of them, it's Negan. So I wonder that, too, because if you look at the whole show and then you look at Negan, there's a difference between the way he's written and the way everything else is written. Because the show, look, the show is still well written. It's still, they're doing a great job. But there's a lot of aspects of the show now that feel like, hey, we're doing... We're meeting this standard. We're meeting this standard. Whether it's the woke standard or whatever. But Negan is kind of like his own fucking thing. Where he's just like, yeah. Well, he's the most realistically written character. Well, and like I said, that line where she says to him, you know, Maggie says in one of the recent episodes, would you have done everything, anything differently? And he says, yeah, I would have killed all of you. You know, and he doesn't say that, and the the show doesn't paint him as a good guy or a bad guy. It's just this is who Negan is. Uh, so yeah, we go back to the biker bar. Well, no, we go back to uh, Negan goes back to his house. Uh, he goes back. He sees that message. He opens the the door, and I think even before he sees his wife, I think uh, "You Are So Beautiful" starts playing. Um, and, and she's got a bag over her head. She yeah. committed suicide. She cuffed herself. To the bed. So she's a zombie now, but can't hurt him because she's got this plastic bag over her head. Negan breaks down, sits on the bed, looks which, at her. Bro, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. He's a great actor, man. He's a, he's a, he's a great actor because when you watch him, when he pulls the bag off 
and he keeps getting like he he has this moment where he gets close to her and he wants to touch her, but then he has moments where he pushes her away. It's this quick like uh, succession of like really contradictory movements that he does so fucking well that you can tell as a man who's like in the very first stages of grief. But anyway, it, it plays off really well. Uh, he ends up burning the house down, which I gotta say, uh, what did you think of the burning? I thought it was poetic. Was it? Because it's him <laughs> destroying what's left of his past. But should he have not given his wife a quick death before that and not just burned her well, alive? Well, he might have. We don't know. We don't know if, if he did or what well, he did. If I remember right, I, I think he was burning. He, he, he set the fire and we still see her kind of like moving. Oh, but okay. maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. But anyway, so he burns the house down. We see as he's leaving, he takes the bat and he knocks down the uh, the mailbox. Yep, of their of their marital home. Yeah, which is basically this is the birth of Negan. Negan, and then Negan goes back to the biker bar, and he kills the first person he's ever killed, and he kills another guy, and then another guy, and then another guy, and he basically he saves uh, this doctor and his daughter who saved him. And then all of a sudden the tables are turned and the man who had him in a chair is suddenly in a chair. Yes. And Negan says, uh, I think I have it here. Well, first he tells he the goes whole, on. This is like the first Negan monologue, basically. Yes, because Negan, we should say, is known for uh, his verbal skills. He can run. His pontificating. On. Yes, he pontificates a lot. And it's very philosophical, too. Yeah, he's a, uh, I, I would say Negan is a philosopher. In fact, uh, before I, 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 I go into this speech, I, I want to say this about Negan. Not only is Negan the only reason that I watch The Walking Dead anymore, I think Negan is the most moralistic and good character who's ever been on The Walking Dead. Um, and, you know, a lot of people go, oh, I stopped watching the show when he bashed Glenn and Abraham's heads in. But what, what I'll say is this. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a way to watch those scenes and go, wow, these are really brutal. However, think about Negan and think about how much he loved his wife, how much he loved Lucille, and then to have Lucille taken from him. And think about this. Lucille was taken from him not only by cancer, so not only one unfair thing, but then this biker gang doesn't let him get the drugs back to her soon enough. So it's another unfair thing. So the world... And she ends up committing suicide. And she ends up committing suicide. And a zombie apocalypse. The world took Negan's love away. Love away. And even though that episode where he kills Glenn and Abraham, everyone was kind of like, oh, it's too gratuitous, it's too whatever... When Negan is deprived of Lucille, his acts of violence are an act of love. And the more violent he becomes, the more love he shows. Well, yes, because it's he's expressing love for Lucille in those moments. Because he's telling the world to go fuck itself because the world took something away from him that he loved. So to then have these bunch of motherfuckers, these fucking hippie fucking state-to-state fucking hitchhiker bitches, 
Rick and fucking Glenn and all these motherfuckers to have them come out of nowhere and just be like, you have to accept us. Fuck you. And not only that, I'll say this about Negan's little tiff with uh, with Rick in the main group. Uh, Negan, Negan did nothing wrong. Negan acted like America did. Negan said, look, these are the rules. Follow them. Everything will be all right. And Rick just had to fuck around. And then Negan, he did what the U.S. did multiple times. He got into a war. He couldn't win because for every one motherfucking piece of shit you kill, three more pop up. I sent my people to kill your people, and you killed my people. That shit was not cool. Yeah. <laughs> He's just so great. The way he delivers the lines, bro. Yes. His acting is miles ahead of everybody else on I'll, the fucking uh, show. Yeah, I'll say this. I mean, obviously, Robert Kirkman deserves all the fucking credit for creating a character like this. But I, I will say, Jeffrey Dean Morgan's performance is so fucking good because even people who hate The Walking Dead... Those two seasons he got introduced, a lot of people were like, yo, they're dragging this on too long. Like, the stories aren't good. And I agreed. Like, it was not written well. But Jeffrey Dean Morgan was so fucking on point. So charismatic. As, as a psychopathic murderer. And, and you so like it. believable. Yeah. Because he made you believe, like, okay, if the zombie apocalypse happened, you could be me. And you'd enjoy being me. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Most people were like, yeah, that's probably true. Um, so, yeah, so <laughs> we should say, so he gives his first Negan speech in this bar once he has this uh, this man tied up, which he says to the doctor after he frees, go, go get your daughter or whatever. Mm-hmm. So we don't know what Negan's full plan is. We know he's lost his wife, and he is fucking pissed. Well, he gets that guy in the chair. Yes, same he, chair he was in. Yeah, and he he does the monologue, all of that. And what does he say? He says, uh, he talks <laughs> about the old world and his well, old life, and he explains to him, I was a gym teacher. I, yeah, he, My he, wife, Lucille, she's dead. He, he tells him the whole story, and I gotta say, this is one of the best monologues I've ever heard, because this is the fucking, this is the shit that would go through my fucking head if the, the world ended and all these fucking rules just disappeared uh he basically he explains to this guy uh the whole story with him and lucille and him beating up this guy and losing his job and then he says to him there were consequences to me seeing red seeing red was a bad thing then and i was a bad man then but see now nobody's suing anybody Nobody's getting fired. Hell, nobody's keeping score. Now, when I see red, it's just a question of what I am capable of. And man, I hate to break it to you, but I am starting to think that I am damn near capable of anything. And then he picks up his bat, and he says, So this, this is for not killing me. Bam! Bashes that motherfucker's brains in. And then, uh, well, first off, do you have anything to say about this man's brains being bashed in? I mean, it did make my dick a little bit hard. How great is the line, this is for not killing me? Yeah. 
because it shows his mindset as a character in that he is he was a man who was frustrated in this old world yes because you you see these moments of negan not being a very good guy cheating on his wife beating up a guy at a bar even though the other guy sounded like a piece of shit as well deserved it he deserved it he had it coming to him but in this world now there is no one to tell Negan not to do it. And if there's no one to tell him not to do it, he's going to do it. And this is the thing. Uh, As many arguments as you can make for this world, look, there's times where a man just can't be told no. And some men, when they can't be told no, they turn into something great, and Negan turned into something great. And the thing I love about him saying this is for not killing me, because most times you hear like, "This this is for Louis, this is for whoever. I love it because it is such a mind fuck to tell someone that before they die. Because what you're saying, it translates to this is because you are fucking weak. And, and you have a consequence right now. Yeah. Because you didn't think that this could happen. And, and you don't deserve to be alive if you didn't think this could happen. I'm stronger than you. And that's the only reason you're dying. Well, it's, it's the role reversal, too, because Negan was in that chair. There was that opportunity to kill him. But Negan delivered out. on his promise, and he got out. And the, and the thing Negan says to him, which I love, he says, uh, you know, before you said I talk too much, this time you're going to never want me to stop talking because when I stop talking, some very horrible things are going to happen to you. And I love that. Uh, yeah, I, I love this episode. I, I Look, Negan is the only reason I watch Walking Dead now. Uh, I love him. And I, I again, I love this episode just because it, it again, like even just that line, this is for not killing me. I mean, that's just a level of writing that isn't on a lot of Negan has so many fucking great lines in this show. Oh, yeah. What's your favorite Negan line? Uh, so it's one of one of two lines. So when he first gets off the bus and he says it's about to be PP Pants City. Yeah, well, that's a he great says one. y'all pissing your pants yet. Y'all pissing your pants yet. It's yeah. about to be PP Pan City. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. And then I love when he goes to uh, one of Rick, the, the settlement that Rick has and he goes in there and there's that fat chick and she's like, we're starving in here. And he says, <laughs> you starving? Um, that's pretty funny. And then, okay, I got one more. This might have been the same scene where he, he was like uh, basically coming on to the chick, and he's like, basically, you want to be one of my wives, and I'll screw, you. I'll screw <laughs> yeah. your brains out. Because post-Lucille, he has like seven wives. Uh, yeah, and uh, <laughs> she smacks him, and Negan, what does he say? He's like, I am so much more into you now. <laughs> yeah. Or I'm like, I'm 50% more uh, into you. It was something along those lines. I got to I gotta go with my favorite Negan line was uh, he, he comes to Rick's settlement at one point and there's this, I, I can't remember his name, there's this cuck guy who's trying to take Rick's place. and He's, he's basically trying to box Rick out even yeah. though he's been working with Rick. Because Rick's not there. He's trying to suck up to Negan. And Negan, to his credit, Negan sees through bullshit. Yeah, he sees what this guy is. And he smelled it right away. And I love when he he, he, he asks this guy, he goes, uh, don't you have any guts when he's saying something to him? And then a second later, he takes this fucking machete and stabs it into his gut and just starts cutting. And all these intestines start fucking falling out. And he goes, oh, shit, I was wrong. 
You had guts inside you the whole time. <laughs> and he just moved on like it was nothing. Oh, yeah. Because he knew that guy would be a problem for him eventually. That's also why I killed yeah. him. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, look, I'll, I'll, I'll leave this episode with this. Um, going full-blown Negan is never good, but uh, we could all do with a little more Negan in our lives. <laughs>